0: First, ancestors in Kikuyu are called Goma.
1: What, what does that mean? What does Goma mean?
0: So Goma in, uh, in pre-missionary Kikuyu was ancestors. When the missionaries came, if you ask a Kikuyu right now what Ngoma is, they will tell you it's the devil. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so the missionaries Looked at because they didn't. Want, they wanted to stop ancestor worship and right. and ancestor veneration, mm. and so what they did was that equate our ancestors to the devil mm. and to demons.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Evolve Podcast, where we have honest, raw conversations on faith, life, and change. My name is Pastor Wa, and uh, thank you. Thank you, everyone that's reached out, that uh, uh, has sent us feedback, that you're listening, that this is making sense, uh, and also for those ones who, who, who this is not making sense uh, and who are saying, Pastor where is this going? Welcome to the journey. Today, I want to introduce someone uh, special, a special guest to us.
0: My name is Carol Nanga. I try in everyday life to... Create links between faith, justice, and advocacy. So I do this. At, you know, nowadays we have what we are calling kiosks. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Yes.
0: <laughs> From um, then Mr. Nanga. Yes. Yes, but kiosk. he's not my father.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have a you have a Nanga name. So here's yes. the funny thing. Here's yes. the funny thing. Sami, yes. uh, Sami his his middle name is Nanga. So I told him, yes. I told him, uh, uh, hey, you know, Carol is uh, is coming on the show, and her her name is Nanga. He was like, hey, might be related over here.
0: We can be related. <laughs> and then we have Nini, our kiosk as our bishop. <laughs> 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 Nanga says. That's right.
1: Yes, that's yeah. right. Well, welcome to the show, yes, yeah.
0: Auntie. so I I founded Msingi Trust mm-hmm. in 2017. We we are actually t- we turned two years. Or oh, August is our birthday month.
1: Congratulations! So
0: thank you. So Msingi Trusts, we are mm. incubating also conversations through mm. trainings, through community projects, community advocacy,
1: yeah.
0: linking faith, justice, and advocacy. Hmm. Yeah, so that's what I do. Fantastic. That's what keeps me busy. So what's advocacy? That it's a like, it's like, it's like a big scary it's like word. A big word basically is creating space for voices to be heard or mm. for you to hear people's voices and allowing others who have power to hear the voices of those who ah. who don't.
1: Yes. So you're sort of you're sort of the bridge between the people and the people with the power to make decisions.
0: Yes. And uh and some and most of the times it's just to create agency mm-hmm. in people who we think do not have power. Right. Because everyone has power. Arundhati Roy says mm-hmm. there's, no, there's nothing as voicelessness, but it's basically people whose voices have been silenced or deliberately taken away from them. Oh, wow. So it's uh, creating a space where people remember that yeah. they have the power. Yeah. So that's what we do.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. M'singi Trust, two years old now.
0: Two years old. Happy birthday! Yeah, happy yes. birthday! Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. Well, yeah. congratulations, Carol.
0: Thank you. Um,
1: well, you know, here at Evolve, we're, we're really intrigued in personal stories. How did you, and you've you've been a person of faith?
0: Yes, I have been.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, how did that happen? When and how did you become a person of faith?
0: I think uh, it's it's the whole usual story of growing up in a in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Your parents take you to a church. Right. And then I just really loved church yeah. when I was growing up. Uh, it was fun. I honestly just loved it because that's where my friends were.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we went there and hung out and then there were just very many trips. There were... Sunday school competitions. There was just a lot of food. So, mm. anywhere there is food, call me, I'll go. <laughs> so,
1: was, was that in Nairobi?
0: Yes, it was in Dagoretti. Uh-huh. I come from Dagoretti. My Ushago is in Dagoretti. Gosh, yeah, <laughs> yes, it's, uh, so right here. Yes, <laughs> ushago in Fair to 50 bob. So, yes. PCEA, Vima Church. Yeah,
1: well, there's something we have in in common. I grew up in the PCA church as well.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, so My grounding is in the PCA church Ah. from all all my childhood till teenagehood. And actually, when we were discussing about what we are talking about, when I realized that the first space of for us, for me and a few of my friends to actually take a stand on something was at PCA church. Those were the days where Hmm. wearing a trouser to church was a big thing uh having a ha- like, I re- I really love capes. Yeah. So like, I remember someone one day asking me to remove my cape <laughs> in church. I was like, now this one. <laughs> <laughs> what does a cape have to do with what I am doing in this space? It, yeah. And just saying, me, yeah, I'm going up there and I'm wearing a trouser. Let's see what mm. the worst that can happen. Yeah. So, uh so that was. That's my church background. Mm. I came to faith in high school. Mm. I hated high school. Wow, uh-huh. I hated high school. Where were you in high school? St. George's. St. George's.
1: <laughs> so so everybody, yeah. the, the amazing thing is, is a lot of people have high school stories. Yes. And I think and, and during during the show, where there's times we we're going to get into those and mm. we might even have you back tell us yes. why you hated high school. <laughs>
0: yes, oh my gosh, I hated it. As I was reflecting, up. Mm-hmm. Remember where I, I've come from? I've come from Dagoretti. Right. I've come from, I came from, my primary school is Rotemeto Primary School. So if you hear my people, most of my friends make fun of me <laughs> and my Rotemeto-ness. <laughs> but uh, I loved that space. Yeah. Primary school was good, but maybe it was good because I was yeah. a... a academically doing well throughout the year but high school Mm -hmm. I felt and I think that's why I made a decision for Christ was because I felt like I didn't fit in Mm. so it was in March I've just been there for a month it's a strange place there are rich people coming. So remember where I've come from? Yes. There's rich people coming in with, see, so those cars with doors opening from up. I'm like, where am I? <laughs>
1: yeah, the Lamborghini I? doors. Yes. Yeah. I'm
0: like, and it was just, it was one, the first place I realized that I am poor. Mm. And I didn't have friends around me. Hmm. So when I remember, uh, I remember who was it? Uh there was the pastor coming there and said, Jesus wants to be your friend. It's like me, I want a friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you needed you needed friendship.
0: I, I needed friendship and so I was like, That is what I want. Yeah. And huh. and then you know Aki High School as Ma yeah. you know how um people come to you around you mm-hmm. because you've gotten saved. Me no one came to me. Oh. <laughs> no one Oh wow! Absolutely no one. Me, I was there with my Jesus by myself.
1: So was this like an altar call? You responded. Yes,
0: I responded to an altar call. Okay,
1: in a, at, a, at a meeting. It was
0: a Sunday service.
1: Okay, at, at school.
0: Yes, at school. Oh. So, so I remember that moment so vividly. Mm. The feeling—it was a weird feeling of being alone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yet knowing that you've made a very important decision in one way or another. And I remember the walk from, because we, we had church at the St. George's Primary uh, Hall. Right. So I remember walking up and then going to the field and and laying down on the field just by myself. Hmm. But I remember a piece. There was a certain piece that I can't explain. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, Akiwatu. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that aloneness was so vivid. Mm. It was, it was. So, yes, that's how I came to faith.
1: I mean, how did your life change from that decision to be a Christ follower? <sighs>
0: I just, I really, I don't know because you see, remember I said that yeah. I, I really, I can't remember much. How of old were you? By the way, I was four, fifteen,
1: about fifteen, okay.
0: about fifteen years old.
1: So you were not a bad kid. You were no, not. No,
0: me. I've always been like I've
1: told the line. Yes,
0: I, I didn't. I've always been. Yeah. I don't know what to call myself because I've, I will question things mm-hmm. in my mind and in my heart and everything, but in terms of atimanas or everything mm-hmm. I I am generally fine. okay right I will just not do things that I don't
1: right you you yes. were you were not given to extreme behavior yes
0: yes yes mm. so so I didn't and then also remember I am poor so right. I can't <laughs> hang out with the rich kids in school yeah. who are going out or who have stories of kani yeah that's the first time I heard of buru buru I thought buru was heaven
1: oh <laughs> Buruburu, so, <laughs> which is on the well, the, they say is the finest uh, estate in the Eastlands of Nairobi. Yes. Yeah.
0: So the f- when I went to Buruburu the first time, I was so underwhelmed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Because I thought the way people from Buru used to carry themselves right. in Eastlands and everything, I thought you know picket fences. Yes. I thought like greenery. Yeah. So that was my my. My view of what it was based on their behavior. Right. But you go like, "What? this is it.
1: So you be, you, you become a, a person of faith, I guess, and, and you become a believer.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, when I was talking with you, you mentioned to me about um, coming to a place of deconstruction. I mean, I guess at, at this point, you're a teenager. Yes. So you finish high school mm-hmm. uh, and then you're out and I, I guess you go to college. Yes. What's what's happening in your life now as a result of your faith?
0: So as a result of my faith, um, so I didn't do... Remember, I had a very difficult uh, high school time. So right. the marks that I was expecting to get so that I get to public uni, I didn't do it. Okay. So I I bangaized for about two, three years. And mm-hmm. then my auntie told me of a scholarship somewhere in Cape Town. So I went to that school for... It was. For, I went there for two and a half years, but I was studying something that, in my heart of hearts, yeah. I knew that this was not was not right for me. Hmm. And um so they were they are paying everything: my school fees, my accommodation, my my day-to-day living expenses and then I go to them and tell them my spirit is not resonating with what you guys are teaching me. So for me, that's one of a a very big um, time where I needed to to realize that Mm -hmm. this is where I am going or this is who I am and this is what I am not. And so leaving that college then to Mm -hmm. go to the next college. So,
1: so, So hold up. You you're oh. in Nairobi. You're done with high school. You, yes. You you do not get the the you, you know the, the marks that you need. Yes. You get a, a college in uh, South Africa. Yes. In, in Cape, Cape Town, South yes, Africa. Yes, in Cape Town. Um, and you're staying with your auntie there.
0: No, I'm staying in the school.
1: Oh, you're staying at the yes, school. Yes,
0: my auntie is here. Okay, so here, I'm okay. staying in the school. Okay. They're taking care of everything.
1: Okay. And what are you pursuing uh, at, at the-
0: that? <laughs> 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 it is called Bachelor of Arts in Eurythmy. Eurythmy is like, like if you know me, you're like, what were you doing, Carol? <laughs> so it's art of dance, and so it is expressing. It's part of as an educ. I don't know if you know World of Education.
1: Mm-hmm. I've heard of so have
0: heard yeah. well, uh, they have a a segment which is called Eurythmy. <laughs> so it's expressing words and tones of music with your body. Oh, yes.
1: So is that like sign language Ish. for music? Yes. Oh, wow. so tell me how it works.
0: So you it's looking at at music sheets, looking mm. at poetry yeah. like it was and moving with it according to vowels and sounds. There are whole signs and things for it. What? Yes. So
1: that's so weird. <laughs> you you read me.
0: Yes, you rhythm. I've
1: never heard of it.
0: Yes. So I did it. that. I was like I I was waking up every morning, I'm like upana. So what turned you on to this? It is just you know the way you're told there's a scholarship. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh, <nothing.
1: laughs> oh yeah. Right. <laughs> there's
0: nothing you're know, like
1: there's a scholarship. <laughs> yeah, let's just take it. Yeah. Let's go. Uh-huh. So
0: um so that's I went there like after two and a half years, like i no, mm. it wasn't resonating mm. at all, yeah, so I had to leave, and remember foreign country yeah you they are paying you everything, mm-hmm. you don't have, and my parents can't afford to right to cater for that change, mm. so I had to Um. Uh, there was a community, the church that I was going there. Mm. Uh, while I was there, really sort of rallied around me and helped mm. me transition into that space.
1: What church was it?
0: It's called Christ Church. Okay. It's an Anglican church. It's okay. in Kennelworth in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. So I was going there. So they rallied uh, around me and helped me make that transition. I got a host home, and then they they were part of of a college. They mm. were the reverend there was part of the college now that i went to right. called Con- at that point it was called cornerstone christian college now it's called cornerstone institute mm. and that's where my journey of of sort of deconstructing the faith and the things that you believe and hold on tightly to yeah were, were tested and encouraged Thing about so let me tell you one of our first classes. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, this is yeah, yeah yes. this was very interesting. Yes. So, yeah.
0: um, we are going to class. And
1: so, so, this is this is not the eurythmic class, man. No,
0: this no, we you've, finished You've with left rhythmic.
1: Your... Yes, we've left. So now, yes. what, what what is this class you're pursuing? Now? So
0: I was per- pursuing community development. Okay. So I did a bachelor's of theology in community development. Okay. So that's my background and that's my passion. Okay, So for the first year, all of us, because mm. there was community development psychology and Christian ministries. So all of us, first years, we were in the same class. So in one of our classes... There was always a theme of the year, right. and the years before that was "Leave the Questions." L I V E the right. questions. There's right. a poem by she's called Rilke and Marie Rilke about mm-hmm. leaving the questions. Okay. Maybe at the end of it of this mm-hmm. of this conversation, we can read that poem because okay. it's very important. Yeah, we'll look it's, it up. Yeah. yeah, it's. I I think it's fundamental to all of us mm. to stay and. And simmer in the questions hmm. because um, what we've learned through our faith journeys and even our African context of growing up as silenced children yeah. is to not question. Right. But this was uh, the college that allowed us to question hmm. every single thing. Hmm. And uh, so, yes, first class, uh, we are in class. The lecturer takes the Bible Shows it to us and then steps, puts it on the floor and steps on it. Yes, steps on it. And he teaches us for a while as he steps on that Bible. Hey, let me tell you, (laughs) you've never felt so undone at that moment.
1: Yeah, that's quite that's uh, quite uh, uncomfortable, I guess, yes, for most people. Yes, it's very
0: uncomfortable. He's
1: standing on the Bible. Yes, and he's talking.
0: He's talking. He's teaching and telling yeah. us that when we say the Bible yes. says, we are we're just saying what we think the Bible says because the Bible does not speak; it's mm. it's us and our interpretations. Wow. We bring ourselves into the text of Scripture. So. Right you don't you don't know what to do with that something like yeah. that
1: why was and why was that powerful a powerful moment for you
0: because who are you to step on the bible <laughs> right you know yeah. like who are you to like this is a holy thing, Yeah, and I'm course. sure most of you who l- who are listening are like, "What?"
1: Yeah, I mean, we know you can't do that yes. to the Quran. You'll yes, probably. Yes, uh, you'll
0: be. Yeah, because the yeah. Quran, you can't place anything above a Quran. No,
1: you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that that for us was, and the next three, because I was there for three years, yeah. were full of moments like that. I remember one of my very. Um, powerful lessons was when we were doing the Psalms Mm -hmm. and we were asked, uh, Walter Brueggemann, uh, a favorite theologian of mine, Mm -hmm. talks about Psalms of orientation, disorientation and new orientation. Hmm. So it's looking at Psalms as as real life expressions of people going through, (laughs) of people going through (laughs) shit. Yeah. And um, yeah. and you see what we've done with the psalms is yeah. we've made them melodious stories. Yeah. But they are psalms of deep pain. Yeah, And so, so we had to write psalms of disorientation. Sit down with you, pain. And we all read them to each other around the circle. Each of us expressing their pain. And you see, we've been taught ne- not to air our pain to each other. We've been taught not to to acknowledge pain and discomfort, and so you have so many Christians, so many f- believers who don't deal
1: mm-hmm.
0: because they don't think that a pain questioning is part of the story.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, you know even p- part of this this journey, I think with evolve is just the courage for mm. people to ask questions. Yes. I I found as I talked to a lot of people that this is such it's uh it's such a contested space because yeah. be, and I'm not sure why but why do you think people find it find questioning uh as something that's anti-faith or or something that's not encouraged? Why don't we
0: Because maybe we don't <coughs> have faith in the faith that we hold. You think we have the faith, but you don't have faith that that will Sustain you, and then, uh, and one I love that there was Thomas in the in in the disciples. Like, for me, he's my favorite disciple because he'd said, Unless I see, you know, unless I touch, right? Why, why do we, even as leaders, as church people, Mm -hmm. not want to people to question? And so, we feel the reason we don't have the courage to question is that first, there's no space for questioning because. And then we've given so much power to the man of God. And I'm yeah. saying man here intentionally. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> because
0: I think we need to also talk question about why. Why it's always the man of God, you know, on that space of power and authority. Yeah. So so yes, we are afraid. Wow. We don't have faith in our yeah. faith. We don't have faith. And the thing about God or whoever whatever you choose to call god is yeah. there's a there's freedom man to question to and god created you the way you are as a questioner as a believer as a all that so that you can journey to know yourself more yeah. to be who you are fully mm-hmm. and so if you hold yourself back yeah. you're holding yourself back from truly experiencing life and life in abundance
1: yeah. That's that's very interesting. So it seems as though college set you up, obviously, clearly.
0: College got you to start
1: leaving the questions. Yes, yeah.
0: yes, we we have this running joke first because yeah. we are call we call ourselves donors. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> is is this the point at which you begin to take apart the? Did Did you get the courage, I guess, to begin to reexamine your faith and the things that you believed?
0: I think for me, it was. Deconstruction was happening
1: mm-hmm.
0: as we were in in our classroom settings. Mm. So it was daily conversations, and I'm so glad that I had that space. Yeah. And even the theology that we were being taught, um, yeah. I'm just a bit sad that uh, I got to learn about especially black and liberation theology after college. That is the only, I would say, the only downfall, I would say, or, mm. or the only thing I would question from yeah. my college was that especially black and liberation theology came to me yeah. after college. It was in the depth that now I understand it as. Yeah. So, But at that moment, you were free to question. Mm. You were free to... Ask yourself. So for me, I remember someone in, in the same college telling me, Carol, you, ha- you have so many whys because I will always ask why. And so for seeing the why as an important part of who I am, why am I believing what I'm believing? And I remember especially talk, thinking about colonialism and God and Christianity mm-hmm. and remembering that we had expressions of God Before the colonizer, right? And for me, that settled a lot of things. That Mm. God was not brought to me by a white man. in my culture and in many of us hmm. there was an expression of God and the God person and also God was not male because for me that's a big thing that yeah. if you look at you even you now like look at the word, the name God
1: mm-hmm.
0: neither male nor female right and so as we approach God we approach a being that's bigger than our binaries yeah right. so that settled me in so many ways, that there's, there's God. Uh, people knew there was God. And yet we've we sort of been made to erase that expression of God that for years and years, centuries and centuries, mm. that we had gone grown accustomed to, yeah. that we had learned.
1: Yeah, you know you're saying some big things, eh? Yes. Because, I mean, just, just thinking about the fact when the missionaries did come, Yeah. Those those were interesting times, of course, yes. because it, it you know the colonization also came, which yeah. which is you know there are people who for whom that's just you know completely. Um, erases the weight of the message that has been brought, mm. but Africans were worshippers. Yeah, you know our forefathers used yeah. to worship, and yet with that, with you know the coming of the um, the missionaries and the and the the gospel as they brought it and or God as they brought Him, meant that everything that our forefathers uh, believed was dark. Yeah, and it was black magic, and it, it was devilish. Yeah. How, how, do you, how did you wrestle with this?
0: You know, uh, last, so maybe the beginning of this year, I, I also learned something that just shook me. I learned that first, ancestors in Kikuyu are called Goma. Then... Uh, what, what does that mean? What does Goma mean? Goma yeah. in, uh, in Kikuyu, in pre-missionary Kikuyu, was ancestors. When they came, the missionaries came, if you ask a Kikuyu right now what Ngoma is, he will tell you it's the devil. Yes. Wow. <laughs> the missionaries looked at because they didn't. Want, they wanted to stop ancestor worship and right. and ancestor veneration. And so what they did was that equate our ancestors to the devil mm. and to demons. And if you look at the the word ngoma in Swahili, it's mm. music, right? Right. In my other African, if I was born, if I was to come back another. Culture come as, and sorry for killing the the name, because person, the South African one, I can't do the click it. I am sorry. Awesome. <laughs> yes, I awesome. can't answer my people. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. but Sangoma is the, Sangoma for is them a, is a, the ma- medical, is a. Is like a magician, is is, a
1: medicine, medicine. Yeah, medicine, man. Person, medicine yeah. Man, yeah. Yes,
0: medicine man or woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even for them, Ngoma, there's Ingoma or something, I can't remember nicely. Mm-hmm. But it's also music. So if you look at most of our Bantu as we were classified languages, Nguni languages, there's ngoma is tied to our ancestry, it's tied to our music, it's tied to medicine. And then when it comes to the table of whiteness, mm. it becomes the devil. Mm. You see? So remember in Siari how we used to have the living, the living dead, the ancestors. Yes. <laughs> So <laughs> Oh
1: that's quite a throwback yes. Christian religious education yes. in, in primary school.
0: Yes. So yeah. our ancestors become erased in our in our language because they've become demonized. Yeah. Yet that was our way of remembering who we are. And remember, when you look at the old testament and the story of the of the liberation of the Israelites from, from
1: Egypt, Egypt yeah.
0: they kept being told remember. That your, your children of Abraham?
1: Abraham, Isaac, yeah. and Jacob. Okay. Yes,
0: and those ancestors?
1: Those are their ancestors, of course.
0: So why are those ancestors okay to be remembered and ours are not okay to be remembered? You see? Yeah. So what is it?
1: Has this brought about the complexity of living the Christian faith? Because I, th- I think that there's a, a complexity, especially for people who discover. And I mean, it's interesting mm. you said you discovered... This later on, yeah, um, and I know th- there are people who, for who, they can't seem to move past this—that yeah. uh, our history and our culture has been demonized. Mm. While it's just a culture, it, yeah. it really has nothing to do with neither good or bad. Yeah. It's it's just who you it's know. That's our history. Of being, yeah, and it's our way of being. Was this was this a, a big part for you uh,
0: in your journey as well? For me, it just answered questions. Mm. It answered questions that made me appreciate myself and my story more and where I come from more. I guess as a black woman, especially. Mm-hmm. And as a Kikuyu black woman.
1: As a Kikuyu black woman, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That
0: I am I am a Kikuyu black woman. Mm-hmm. That's the that's my identity.
1: So then my question then to you is how about your Christian identity? Someone would ask.
0: So now that's where I'm like I am a Kikuyu black woman who is a Christian.
1: Not a Christian who is a Yes. Who's a, a yes. black Kikuyu yes. woman. Why the why the switch?
0: Because first, that's how I see. That's how I feel. You know the way you feel it in your bones. Yeah, yeah. And that I because all those things also are part of me. You see, they yeah. they carry they carry me.
1: But I also think that then that also means then that your allegiance to your priorities mm-hmm. change. In other words, you consider yourself a human first.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying. Yes. You don't. Uh, am i assuming right you don't put the same weight to your christian identity as you put to your human identity
0: yes and if my if my christianity as we look at christ yeah mm-hmm. the the being of christ christ affirms humanity and you see the reason why we are having what we are we are doing with uh um, refugees in these countries that we don't affirm people's humanity we first ask what label do you do you fit in so that i know how i can relate to you so if you're a gay person it's like i me i i will not deal with you because you're gay but are you human is what i am seeing when i even what you are seeing humanity from me
1: that's a that's 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 an um, that's an interesting shift yeah. in 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 the way you view your um your faith then mm. because most people would say you have it backwards mm. you know what I'm saying yes you and I, and I guess my question to you would be was there a point where you actually had where it was your Christian identity first and then your human identity and that you operated like that yeah. or you've, have you always was this a, an outcome of your I think it's
0: living with Christians mm-hmm. and being around Christians and yeah. then seeing they are not human uh-huh. in terms of how we treat each other. Even our systems are not human systems. Mm. Humane, especially in treating the marginalized in quotes, because that means we are the ones who've marginalized them. Yeah. Is that there is always a superiority complex because I come here as a Christian that I don't view you as human. And I would rather... In all honesty, be human to people, be a person, see each other, see the God image in a person first before see people, man, see people as people. And Christ for me, Jesus Christ was always seeing people with uh, one of my most liberating stories is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And if you look at how it's juxtaposed, there's, I think, a kid who's dead, the daughter of Jairus. Yes, who's dead. Mm -hmm. Jairus. And you see now we also read scripture without understanding the context. Jairus, powerful Roman person with all the power that uh, he needs. And then there's this first woman who's for 12 years been bleeding. So she's smelly. She's walking around behind. And you know, Jesus would have just said that, let me just Leave it. Because first, she was an unknown person. Mm-hmm. You remember, we also always yeah. remember her as a woman with the issue yeah. of blood.
1: Yeah, even but her name doesn't come up here. Yes,
0: she is nameless. Right. That is what we do to people. We mm. render them nameless mm. because of their issues. Mm. So it becomes Caro, the one who has AIDS. Yeah. Caro, the one who has STDs. Yeah. Caro, the one who aborted. Caro, the one who drinks, yeah. you know. Right. But at the end of that story... Jesus turns back and, and calls this woman daughter, you know.
1: He gave her an identity.
0: Yes. And acknowledged this woman who for 12 or so years, mm-hmm. first you're a woman, you're nothing in yeah. that space. Right. Then the person who has the most power in the world at that very moment. Yeah. Calls you daughter. So our task as believers, because I still I am a believer, I believe in Christ. For me, Christ is the most liberating um, person that and gives us the power to do liberation for other people. Is that we need to turn back and call people brother, sister, mom. You see, so
1: Um, someone one time said to me, their difficulty with you know a life of faith or people of faith is we dehumanize. People with only one goal mm. to make you a christian yeah if you're if you're not that then we basically dehumanize you i mean you can look at you know you can look through mm. how we treat you know people we don't agree with uh people who challenge our faith yeah. people who are probably in, you know in addictions and mm. extreme behavior yeah. and gays and and homosexuals and so on and so forth the the response that comes from Ideally, the people who are supposed to be Christ-like is 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 almost dehumanizing, in a sense yes. that it says, "Yeah, you know, you are over there, uh, and until you look a certain way, then you're not acceptable to me." Mm. That that's a difficult part of Christianity, which leads me to ask you. Then, um, you say you identify yourself as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of Christian are
0: you? Uh. <laughs> I am a Jesus feminist. <laughs> oh, there's another big word. Yes. Yes, uh, there's a lady. There's a lady. I think it's Sarah Bessie who has a book called "Jesus Feminist." Oh yeah, yeah. I and, have yeah. no clue. I yes, need to look it up. Yeah. Yes, yes. And that's who I see myself as mm. as a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Who's a feminist, mm. and uh, even to take it back further is a uh, womanist in the sense that there's a diff- there's feminism and womanism, and womanist is about the black woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and your identity in the world as a black person, right? Yeah. So, so that's who I am. Okay. I'm a Jesus feminist.
1: Yeah. Woman. That that's that's a totally new conversation <laughs> yes. over there. You're opening, but yes. I want I want to ask you, mm. you when we were talking, you mentioned your relationship with church changed. Yes. With big church. I mean, you're, yes. W- w- the with church,
0: institutional you... church. Right. Yes. I I think for me, my relationship with institutional church is. It's, it's weird because first I I know I'm called as with my work and with what I do mm-hmm. and I love I love pastors mm-hmm. like I love working with pastors and they teach me every day to love and serve and uh and to really give you all mm-hmm. some I w- I've, I work and interact with some amazing people who love yeah who love people
1: right
0: but it's the institutional Bit of it that yeah. really gets my head.
1: Which is the organ? the organization. Yes, the organizational, organization. the corporate,
0: the okay. corporateness of it all mm-hmm. that now does the work of dehumanization. That's not speaking about issues in Kenya right now. That's mm-hmm. silent. Right now, yesterday we were told that um, there is rampant unemployment and corruption. Mm-hmm. And these are the people who are in our spaces. Corruption is not being done. Remember the statistic of eighty-five percent mm. Christian. Right. So if we are eighty-five percent Christian in this country, who is killing, stealing, and destroying? It's us as Christians. We are the ones killing and destroying this country. And yes, you will tell me, no, the ones who are killing are not. They've not accepted Christ as their savior. But if we are honest, yeah. there's something about our what we are teaching. Yeah. That does not translate to everyday life. You so know?
1: people being, so people being Christian is not translating into Christ-like behavior. Yes. So the, the, then my question to you then becomes, Carol: is is the problem the way the message is, that's being delivered or being given to the people the Christian message, or is the problem the, is the message itself? Is is the gospel broken?
0: I think the gospel, the way we we the way we are giving it is broken. I'm singing our Clarion call is Micah six eight and uh, Psalms eighty nine fourteen. Mm-hmm. Micah six eight says, "He has shown your man what is good. Mm-hmm. What does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love mercy, mm-hmm. and to walk humbly with our God." Then Psalms eighty nine fourteen is justice and righteousness are the foundation of God's throne. Yeah. So we do not preach justice in the church. Yeah. And when we are talking about justice, it's about justification right. of being right with God. Mm. But as we look at the prophets and we look at uh, we look at even Jesus, when his first sermon, when he opened the Isaiah scroll, yeah. he, he quoted from Isaiah yeah. and said that he has come to give. He, he had come. His work in Luke chapter 4 is heal blind people. Uh, set the captives free, give sight, all those things. It's Mm -hmm. about actual liberation of people. We've spiritualized it because the work of liberation is hard. The work of giving sight to people is hard. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do that. We have to be held accountable for the work of justice. The work of righteousness, you can say, ah, this person has failed to be righteous. So Mm -hmm. it's their work. But the work of justice, what we've done with it is we've left it because it's hard. Mm -hmm. And so if justice and righteousness are the foundation of god's throne if we are building on one foundation which is righteousness yeah and justice is at the bottom we've not uh, brought it to the very to at the same level yeah. it means our foundations are shaky mm-hmm. and this is why we we can't be relevant right is because it's all shaky it's a shaky foundation
1: for someone who's as passionate about justice and advocacy as you are
0: uh-huh.
1: then your relationship of course with corporate church changed yeah so what is it that like now? What's your relationship with the church like now?
0: To be honest, I <laughs> big church tires me completely. But I love the small, vibrant churches is where I f- like that's where things happen. Mm-hmm. And I wish I wish it can it can be better. I wish it was less of a gig than it is right now. Mm. Like I feel it's a performance. Mm-hmm. I feel it's about expansion. Mm-hmm. It's about identity. It's about <laughs> It's, you know, identity politics. It's about who's, who's building what next. And we forget the people, man. Yeah. We forget that outside There's one church where outside of it is full of rubbish, like actual trash. But that doesn't... You see, we don't see that as a problem, yeah?
1: Is, is, it, is it because we've spiritualized the message and its implications... Yes. Such that we've be, we've become of no earthly good. You know, you somebody mm. said you're too heavily minded to be of any earthly yes. good. Yes,
0: yes, that's it. That's it. There's something called manifest destiny, mm-hmm. which the American church used to believe in a lot and still believe it, that yeah. you have to conquer the world for Christ, you know. And I think the message of Jesus is very radical, is that first it says, start with where you are. right. Right. and Keep growing, keep growing. Right. And the Acts Church grew because they loved each other.
1: What are some difficulties that you have with um, in your own walk, I guess, and in your own journey you've had with a uh, life of faith?
0: Reconciling some of the people you know mm-hmm. at the pulpit with their lived reality. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, Pastor Wah mm-hmm. is like this. Yeah. And then off screen, it's yeah. like, I know this math is not adding up yeah so that's a big difficulty that i and you you just you're like you're not being a human being
1: where's the need to pretend such such a a big Thing.
0: I'm part of a home church and we call this thing a gig <laughs> so you yeah. see it's a gig you yes. have to you',
1: you it's a performance it's
0: a performance yeah. you have to you have to present yourself in a way
1: and yet that's really turning off a lot of people
0: and people so in uh, I remember in college we were doing children youth and society yeah. and I remember where I was seated Um yeah. My lecturer said at that time that young people have a very high bullshit detector.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yes. Yeah.
0: And more and more yeah. people are, are detecting bullshit from so far. And so that's why people are running away because we can see it. It's evident yeah. that there's a story that you're selling Mm-hmm. And there's a story that you're living, and it's not the same. it's not the same and we need to and it's hard to be a consistent person because yeah. there's you even me, I'm struggling with like who am I really, who mm. do I present myself when I'm having meetings and you're patronizing mm-hmm. how do I talk to you as I honor myself and my identity? yeah so the thing we the thing we are is we are not. We are afraid of being real because yeah. we, we've not worked, and then because you've lived this story for 30, 20 years. Yeah. Like if I if I change, what mm-hmm. will I become? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So there's gonna be some losses there. Yeah. You, you said you're part of a small church now. Yes. House church. Yes. It's a house church. Okay. Yes. And how how often do you guys meet?
0: We meet uh, twice a month. Okay. Every other month. Every okay. other Sunday. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: And and how and how big is the is the group?
0: I think we are. I don't. We we vary. Yeah. We are, sometimes we are four. Yeah. Sometimes we are twenty. Yeah. But uh, we are about that, yeah, range, that, that, that range.
1: Yeah. That range. Yeah. I'm assuming you've. Met, these are people who are on the same journey as you are. Yes. Are dissatisfied it's, it's with corporate church. Pe-
0: yes. It's people who this has not worked. Corporate Co- church has not worked.
1: Yeah.
0: It's uh, who've questioned.
1: Yeah.
0: And who've mm-hmm. made. Peace and still love God, yeah, you know, yeah. and want to be in community. You know that cliche thing of doing life together, mm-hmm. like that term of
1: yeah.
0: being in each other's spaces for yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Do you consider faith to be necessary for life?
0: I think so, man. Yeah, I am. Uh, faith is necessary for me, and I'll, I'll talk right. for myself. Is yeah. that faith is necessary, and it's faith that makes me, and also knowing that. I've been called to do this, and yeah. there was a certain moment where we had a conversation with God and said, "Step out yeah. and do this." And so I'm a Jesus girl, but I'm not a church girl. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you feel do you
1: feel guilty for not? Uh, I remember asking you this question. <laughs> do you feel guilty for not uh, towing the typical? church girl or Jesus girl persona?
0: No, because I think these church cultures have been created by people for a reason. And so I don't want to tow that, yeah? Mm-hmm. So why would I do that?
1: And do you, do you find do you used to be being created uh, by people for a reason? Do you find this, is, is this toxic? Is this a, t- it's a toxic It's toxic,
0: it's very, yeah, it's very... Like, I think... Let me talk to church workers yeah. right now. People who work in churches. Because you worked, in church. Yes, yes. Many there's absolute most of most of the people who leave churches.
1: Yeah.
0: After working from them, yeah. get depressed. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and come out very hurt. Yeah. And the systems never change. It's it's a depressing state. It's a space where you you're always running, and then you forget that you're a person outside the system. Yeah.
1: Yeah, is um so so yeah. So what do you say to someone who's questioning, who's probably at a crossroads in their faith, who's, you know, maybe it's a woman who looks at, you know, at, at the church and thinks, I, you know, I, I I don't feel like I would fit there in terms of my in terms of leadership and determining mm-hmm. the outcomes in this, or someone who's black and saying, you know, hey, I, I think there's something in my tradition uh, that I need to go to that has been neglected. Or someone who's simply questioning the whole thing, what, what, what do you
0: say to them? I'd say leave the questions, L I V E, like mm-hmm. leave it. Like don't be afraid to, to follow where the, the rabbit trail leads you and know that questions just lead to beautiful answers. It might not be now, maybe yeah. in 10, 20 years. Don't be, a, and leave the parables even. Mm-hmm. because parables were never conclusive you know it was up to the hearer to yeah. decide what was going on in that story mm. yeah
1: hey that's very interesting yes we we tend to think that parables have an an a fixed meaning yes and a fixed outcome no
0: and they weren't. Because you see, there's quite a, a number of parables that we need to reread. Mm-hmm. Especially the par. and I'm about to, <laughs> there's a parable of the talent, which um, there's a, a writer called Chad Myers, mm-hmm. who says that, the, says that the person who did the right thing is a person who hid. No! That Yes. Really? Yes. What? Yes. Because Why? that parable is being talked to. First, mm-hmm. remember Roman occupation. Right. The landowner is a bad man. Right. And it says that in yes, the
1: text. Yes, it does.
0: rips swear, he did not so. Right. It's an oppressive ruler. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to those guys who... Chuck, what are they called? The guys who, like, he's basically a slave yes. working for you so right. that you get all the fruit. Right. I think he calls them Sabbath economics. When he's doing the, the, that whole explanation, he mm. says that the person who actually did the right thing, to the hearers of the day, the people who had that parable right. at that moment, yeah. identified
1: with the guy who hid his talent. the
0: guy who hid his talent.
1: Because they were under Roman occupation. Yes.
0: He was being subversive by not working for empire.
1: well we just got a new a new exegesis of uh of of that parable yes oh my goodness never looked at it that way
0: yes and you see all of the time we are talking about talents yeah yeah, but look at
1: now you're even dissing my messages because you know i've preached from that (laughs) uh, i've preached from that parable
0: passionately yes but you see when you're under occupation Mm -hmm. and when you're speaking and this is the the thing with our sermons on Sundays, yeah. we are a people under occupation in Kenya right now. Mm-hmm. We have so much debt, so much corruption. Yeah. And you're sitting and preaching to people yeah. and not speaking to the not speaking to the message of the day. Right. Or the mm-hmm. the context of the day. Yeah. Wow. Well I have I personally I really
1: struggle with that. Yeah. Um with what's going on, and the big question I have is, you know, there's a lot that's going on that's wrong, and we have such a strong message, and I think the church has a big platform. Yes. I'm not sure yeah. if the two are connecting where the big platform the church has and the, the evil in the land yeah. that there's someone that can bridge that, that the church can bridge that. It,
0: it means that the church is benefiting from the evil.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> That's a big thing. Another big thing you <laughs> yes. said. Yeah.
0: It means we are benefiting from the evil, from the yeah. systems not working. Yeah. Why else would we? And this pains me to say it because I love the church. Yeah, I'm called for the church. Mm-hmm. I I believe in the power of the church mm. of, to do good. Mm. We are called to be salt and light. And that's, that's right. why I do the work that I do, is that we are called to be prophets. And prophets in the Old Testament, yeah. Prophet Nathan is one of my favorites because he knows how to approach King David. By the end of the conversation with King David, King David repents of the injustice that he He has done. Mm. Isaiah, we look at Ezekiel, we look at all the prophets who cried and wept and did everything for the good of the people, spoke out against injustice. Amos calls the women who are benefiting from the system cows, (laughs) cows of Bashan, (laughs) yeah, heifers.
1: Wow. So with your work, I would, I would, I would, I would say to you, you're passionate about advocacy, obviously, and justice, and mm. seeing that uh, social justice is happening. How are you pushing forward that in a church? Are you working with the church?
0: Yes, I work with pastors, okay. uh, independent pastors, and uh, hopefully we'll k- keep working with more and more pastors. Okay. It's just creating spaces for these conversations to happen and um, offering uh, myself and you know. other like minded people to continue with this conversation.
1: And so this is helping... Uh is it giving churches, you're giving churches practical tools yes, on, on how yes. to engage
0: yes, that's what I in do.
1: advocacy and social justice? Yes. What, what are some areas that maybe churches can be involved in actually touching the community in meaningful ways?
0: There's a question that's asked. I think it's Desmond Tutu. Mm-hmm. First, what we do a lot as churches is a relief ministry. Mm-hmm. Two things he says. We need to stop fetching people out of the river and go upstream and find out why people are falling into the river. Yeah, so that's at systemic policy work, we need to be engaged at that level yeah. first because we can't say jail Caro because of corruption. Mm-hmm. But what what is making it easy for Caro to be corrupt? Right, is that going upstream and fixing things? Yeah. So how can we as churches fix, go upstream, and fix things
1: in terms of practically engaging mm-hmm. uh, engaging the pastors on the issues of the day, mm. Duran an organization that you do trainings yes. you you run you... we
0: do trainings we run workshops we host conversations yeah. on there's a few trainings there's change makers there's where we've right now there's a group that's actually now researching sexual abuse in churches mm. So after doing change makers, oh, they decided that they want to take on sexual abuse in churches. That's a
1: big one. Yes, I'm not even sure we're ready for it. We are not. Are you Are you leading that conversation as well?
0: I'm, they are leading it. They're okay. the ones. They, they are the group of people who are now.
1: Yeah. doing
0: it, and I can't wait to see what we'll do. Well, that's
1: with that. yeah, because also they, there's got to be questions asked about. I guess when sexual abuse happens, mm. people don't know what to do because there's, there's just so much power that's vested. The,
0: yeah, and uh, then it depends on who has done the sexual abuse. Right. If it's someone at the top, it was handled differently. Right. If it's a kamia intern, yeah, is <laughs> <it's> handled differently <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I you guess know, the stakes the stakes determine how it's yes, how it's handled. Yes.
0: It, the stakes determine how it's handled. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. Um, are you happy with your journey of faith as we conclude uh, today's episode? Are you Are you happy with where you are in your faith?
0: I, I am very happy. Yeah. I love it. I'm at peace uh-huh. and it's getting to know God in a different way. Yeah. In a in a more re- honest and open ways. Yeah. I love if you look at my bible <laughs> there's like it's like no this is wrong. Like <laughs> underline your bible. Don't just like if something does not make sense to you. Yeah. You can even ask question marks like cross things, like just yeah. Engage with the text, read the word for yourself. Yeah. And also remember the context that it was written in. Remember and read read differently. Don't just read or listen. And this is the other thing I'd like to tell people. Listen to different voices. Mm-hmm. Don't just listen to white men. <laughs> on things everything we need to diversify the voices from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. When was the last time a woman preached on your pulpit? When was the last time justice was preached from the pulpit? Yeah because I always ask this question who preached what was preached? Right. yeah
1: mm-hmm. All right um, you, the beginning of the show you said we we're gonna read a poem yes okay this what's the name of the poem?
0: Yeah it's leave the questions.
1: Leave the questions. Yes.
0: So. She's writing it to a young poet. I would like to beg you, dear sir, as well as I can, to have patience with everything unresolved in your heart and to try to love the, the questions themselves as if they were locked rooms or books written in a very foreign language. Don't search for, for the answers which could not be given to you now because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to leave everything. Leave the questions now. Perhaps then someday, far in the future, you will gradually, even without noticing it, leave your way into the answer. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for coming to the show. Thank you. Thank you it's so, so b- much for having yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So glad talking to you. Yes. Uh, very excited about your work. Thank you. Uh, and your journey at msingi yes. uh, How can guys reach you? The guys I want to reach you.
0: Uh, on Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. Carol Nganga is me. Carol Nanga, yeah. Yes, and Msingi Trust. On Instagram
1: and Facebook. Okay. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. Well, and that's it for the show today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always reach us at uh, Evolve Radio Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter. And you could also email me at pastawa at hotmail.com. And uh, for those of you that want to support the show, You can always reach us and and let us know, and we'll let you know in what ways you can support the show. Thank you for being part of Evolve. Uh, Until next time, it's goodbye from Kara and I. Bye-bye. Bye.